Yes, sir. We are back. The one and only Running With War broadcast here on War Media. Giving you more of what y'all need in this basketball universe, media-centric universe. We talk ball the way that it's supposed to be taught. And this is Kyle Means here, your editorial director of War Media. Got my man, Sean Terry, the Pharaoh, co-founder of War Media, as well as Drew Stevens, always reliable on the low post, giving you the good, the good, uh, good mindful uh, <laughs> stats and all that, all that stuff that, you know, me and Pharaoh just stick to the hot takes, but Drew, Drew actually thinks about the stuff a little more, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> we back after a little layoff. It's been been about a couple of weeks. Uh but uh you know the things are heating up, man, especially with these Bulls and the NBA playoffs. And um, you know, we're doing a little something different tonight, giving you a pre and post game session for the Bulls Clippers game, uh, about a half hour away from tip off at the UC with the Bulls and the Clips. So we're just going to run up with this first session, uh, me, Pharaoh, and Drew run up to about the tip-off and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the game and what we are expecting to see tonight and everything. But, you know, make sure to uh, come back to uh, War Media on YouTube here uh, for the after session. Uh, we'll have, uh, you know, Pharaoh will be back with us as well. Uh, we should have a couple other of our guys with us as well. And we'll be, uh, you know, just talk about what, what wound up happening in the game and, uh, you know, decompress, you know, hopefully it'll be a positive uplifting uh, session after the game as well. But, you know, we'll have to see. It's going to be some challenges tonight, you know, uh, uh, just uh, LA, you know, the, this LA team is a playoff team in general, but they have gotten a lot better over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, welcoming back Paul George, uh, he showed right away the impact that he could make uh, against Utah. Uh, in the first half of that game, not so much, but really in the, in the second half, came on fire and, and really uh, lifted that team to a big come from behind victory in uh, in Utah. No, I was in LA, uh, but. Uh, Against Utah, and uh, you know, what do we, what do we think about this game coming up, man? What what are our thoughts on this? When the Bulls have been, you know, sort of back and forth, you know, good game, at all sort of alternating good games and bad games. Uh, they're starting a a, a home sketch, a home a final home slate here. About five games in a row, they're playing here at home to end the season before ending ending the season overall, the regular season overall in Minnesota. But they have five games here, and they're pretty much all against playoff teams. This is the last West Western Conference team they're playing in the regular season, uh, maybe no, maybe the entire season. But <laughs> this is a playoff team, and they got. A, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming schedule uh, later tonight, but they got nothing but playoff teams coming up. So, you know, the the comfort that you get from being at home 
is undercut by, you know, playing all these teams who are trying to figure out where they're going to be seated. They're fighting for playoffs spots just like the Bulls are. You know, fifth in, fifth in the East right now. They own the tiebreaker with uh, the team they're tied with right now, for, who is in sixth, Toronto. But, of course, you know, you lose – and Toronto wins, and that tiebreaker means nothing. So, you know, there's a there's a, a lot of tenseness out there surrounding this game. And um, you know, what what do y'all think that's going to mean for uh, what we're going to see tonight? You got it, Drew. Man, just just want to see them come out and and give a four quarter effort. Man, that's kind of one of the things that's been really troubling for them, especially the second half of the season, you know, whether it be them playing well in the first half but not the second half or just the ebbs and flows of the game. We understand that it's a, a make-or-miss league and teams are going to go on their runs, but um, they don't always punch back after getting hit in the mouth. So you just want to see them be able to come out and just play a consistent brand of basketball, uh, hopefully establish Vooch in the post um, early again. Like they, it seems like they've been trying to do the last few games, especially the last – uh, game against Washington. They have not won back-to-back games since like March 12th or something like that. So you'd like to see them string together uh, a second win and get this five-game uh, homestand off to a good start. Yeah, yeah for, for me, it's, it's about continuing to refine the defense, right? Mm-hmm. Like even though they've been – they've had slippage and um, they've had their, their games where they've, they've come out and, and – let teams run up the, the score on them. I want to say over the since at least since Caruso has been back, that the defense has gotten a little better, mm-hmm. and the effort is you know that's always infectious, right? So what he brings to the court, guys are, are mimicking that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a, a minutes uptick for, for Patrick Williams. You know, I think the Clippers represent an opponent where you know the the length on the wing that they have, like you, you need Big Pat out there. Um, and, and maybe, you know, spot some minutes against him to see if he could he could slow Paul George down. And maybe he, he gets motivated to, you know, shut down one of the best wing players in the, in the league. You know, we, we I'm sure he hears the criticism. We, we talk about it on Twitter. Uh, I even made the reference the other day, like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of the the Tim Thomas vibe with, with Patrick Williams, you know, for the, for, the, for the Bulls fans who, you know, over the age of 30, they can remember Tim Thomas. Big East, you know, freakish athlete, small forward, power forward, ability to dribble, finish. You know, I see a lot of similarities, but, you know, the knock on him in his career was that he just didn't bring it, you know, and play up to his potential, at least for up to the, the tools that he had, you know, in, in, his, in his bag. And you hope that that's not what we have in Patrick Williams, the number four pick. Like, you, you're a top five pick, bro. You, you know, there's a certain level of intensity you know, regardless to health, regardless to, um, you know, you know, if your shot is falling or not, you know, you expect a certain level of intensity from from a top five pick, and we haven't seen it yet. Uh, he's, he's only twenty, so you know, it's still time to figure that out. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if if there's a an uptick in in his game. Drew, you remember the uh, the three on one I called out the other night in in that that play in transition where Pat was on the right wing at a court. The Bulls had a three-on-one, and he he just – he wasn't running the wing, wasn't running the lane with authority, and, and they botched the three-on-one, and I think right at the whistle, 
you know, DeMar DeRozan went right over to him and, and got into him a little bit. And I think from that moment forward, his his play improved for the rest of the game, and re- referencing the Wizards game, that is. Yeah, yeah, I do. And um, kudos to you for, for calling that out, because I, I think you're the only person that really called that out that I saw, at least on Twitter. Um, it, it just speaks to what you talked about and what's kind of been the overall theme with how, like, Bulls Nation feels about Patrick Williams. It's just – the 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 fact that he has to be told, you know, time and time again that you can be this guy or, you know, you need to be doing things this kind of way. Like, this, we, you know, there's there's certain things that, that rookies, first-year players, second-year players, maybe even third-year players, they're, they're going to have to learn. They have to experience some things and kind of take their lumps. But the aggressiveness, like having to be told to, to play with a certain motor is – it's still troubling for me, and I don't want to get too down on Pat because he's he's had a, a lot of lumps, a lot of things that he can't control or couldn't control, um, kind of throw his first couple seasons for a loop. Um, but I just want to see that same – I just want to see a, a certain consistency with his, with his intensity. But that first game back against the Raptors, I thought he showed it. Um, he shot the ball. He wasn't – uh, playing tentative, he played pretty good defense on Siakam. He was using his body, didn't seem to be thinking too much. But then, you know, he kind of goes into these lows the next couple games, and to the point where Billy Donovan's even speaking about it in the media, where he's saying that, you know, I want to play Pat. Pat wants to play a certain amount of minutes, but he's got to earn it. And it's, it's kind of funny that the guy that whose minutes, you know, he, he who Donovan is having to choose between. Has the, you know he, has, he doesn't have that problem at all in Javante Green. You don't have to tell Javante Green to play hard. There's a whole reason why Stacey King has that whole there's five Javantes on the court. Um, I think and I, I just worry that that's not something you can learn. So I don't I don't know really what what's gonna finally click for him. Yeah, you just hope that. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, some a lot of that probably isn't inbred, but. I think if you do have the right people around you who are playing that way consistently, you know, maybe it could be more of a, an osmosis thing, you know, with, you know, it rubs off, off on you, you know, and, and I mean, you never know what, you know, people got going on or what, how they're really feeling physically. So maybe there's still something that keeping him from giving up the all out effort that we like, but, you know, I think we we talk you talking about tonight's game in particular. I think a lot of the uh, the pregame that I've been the, the pregame coverage that I've been seeing. You know, shout out to Rob Schaefer, my, uh, my colleague at NBC Sports Chicago, and uh, you know the pregame show right now. You know, not to you know, you know if y'all want to two screen, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know they uh, Kendall Gill and 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 uh, Will Purdue were talking about uh, Alice Caruso really taking a lot of the the brunt of the coverage on uh, PG tonight. So I just want to get y'all thoughts on that possible matchup. I, if if that is the matchup that we see more as the Bulls, you know, probably at, at least at the top of the, you know, maybe the top of the, uh, you know, at the top of the defense, uh, using Caruso as the first look against PG, you know, what do you think about, that you know being the way that the Bulls approach this and approach sort of containing him from the outside in. You take that first one. 
Yeah, I think well, with a guy like Paul George, you got to throw defense at him in waves, right? Like let let AC come out and and defend him early. Um, you know the way that Demar Derozan has been looking, you want to try and like reserve as much energy as you can for him to to get off offensively because regardless of what he may be saying and and what you know the 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 rest of the team may be saying in reference to you know energy levels and all of that we know these you know he the man has been in the lineup he's been on the floor he has the deck a lot like i worry about you know attrition with with, with demar DeRozan. so is if they can alleviate some of that by the, using caruso i i wouldn't be um Shocked if we saw Derrick Jones Jr. get one more crack at, you know, some rotational minutes before they finalize what the rotation for the playoffs looks like. And coming back home, you know, could be a, a good way to do that. You, you play to the home crowd, and he's a guy who, you know, he's a live wire. He gives you a shot in the arm. So maybe bringing him in to spot some minutes. Um, you know, you got Javante Green who can potentially spot some minutes. So just throwing waves at Paul George and giving him different looks. Uh, is, is hopefully a, a strategy that they, they deploy tonight. Yeah, just to piggyback off that, uh, only thing I worry about with Caruso is just uh, Paul George getting him in foul trouble. Yeah. Um, so Caruso's going to – he's a vet. He's savvy. I think he – depending on how the refs call the game, I think he can he can keep himself out of trouble. But, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's a – you know, it cuts both ways, that aggressiveness that, that Caruso plays with. So hopefully it cuts in the Bulls' direction tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another big game that's going on at this moment already started out in Brooklyn. Uh, Nets and and uh, Bucks. You know that's 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 good. That's good uh, alternate viewing. You know when at least when the you know during the commercial breaks and stuff. Uh, you know uh, it looks uh, like right now it's pretty. Uh, I think it's like nineteen eighteen. They, they put, took the score off the screen, but it's uh, it's pretty close right now. Early on in that first quarter, I mean, looking at the Bulls right now in this this Eastern Conference, uh, you know, this, this Eastern Conference overall, you know, like I said, number five. They they if the playoffs ended today, they got Boston in that first round. They and they'd be. Uh, you know, without home court, but uh, you know, you got you got Miami, sort of, you know, alternating with uh, you know Boston had the top spot for a minute. Miami's got itself back up there, and you know, you figure Milwaukee is is ready to strike at any time. I don't, you know, what do we what do we think about the outlook overall in the East, the the landscape? I should say overall in the East, and uh, you know how the Bulls fit in it right now. Man, it's gonna be interesting to see if if the Miamis, the the Milwaukee's, the Sixers, the Boston's of the world, how they play this thing out the last six, seven games of the season. Do they try to push for that top seed, or do they rest guys to get them ready for the playoffs? And you know, uh, low key, try to try to dodge a matchup with potentially a matchup with um, the Nets. Uh, you know, they make it out of that playing round, which we all would assume. I'm, I'm guessing that they would. Um, but as far as the Bulls are concerned, I, be, uh, because uh, they got the tiebreakers against the Raptors and the Cavs, and I just heard that Mobley injured himself. So not, not a long thing, but something that may cause him to miss like three or four games. I feel like they're not going to drop out of that direct playoff spot. Like I don't think they'll fall into the playing range. But yeah, um, 
I, I put this on, I tweeted this out about who I might want to face if I'm the Bulls. Would I rather would I rather play the Celtics or or the Sixers? And I don't think it's as clean an answer as people might assume, even with the Robert Williams injury. I think there's plus there's arguments to be made on both sides. Yeah. Um, but I almost would feel a little bit better, a little bit better with them facing the Sixers almost in the within the than the Celtics, as crazy as it might sound. Yeah, and, and and that's I I I I see what you're saying, man. Because the thing with me with the Sixers is just that you know Embiid just killed the Bulls so much, you know. But but they they haven't really caught on the way that you would think that they might have post the you know Harden trade. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's some there's a listlessness that can that on that team that can be taken advantage of you know i i don't know if if i would if i would go in that direction automatically right now you know i think boston is a they do lose quite a bit with williams and they lose quite a bit that they would use effectively against the bulls you know uh, you know rim protection uh rebounded you know that's the that's the art of what williams provides them so without him, you know, if you the Bulls, you you want to get get that team in that first round when you know he's not coming back. You know, may, there's a chance that he may come back in the later rounds if they make it. But you know, if they get in that first round, they're not gonna have him. So if you the Bulls, that would probably be the the best chance you have at getting them in that first round. Boston, I'm saying. And beyond that, you know, you talking about. You know the the I don't, I, I don't know man it's something about I've sort of been this way all year with Miami and I know maybe it's my annoyance at the Heat culture stuff but I just I just don't buy them the way that so many other people do and <laughs> I think I think they're primed to be knocked off by Brooklyn if Brooklyn gets in that A spot wow. so you know if if you I mean. If you're the Bulls, I think being in that four or five, whether you have home court or not, is probably the best spot you want to be in because you will want to probably avoid that whoever you will want to avoid being in that six spot definitely and seeing possibly uh you know the Bucks or or you know uh Philly, you know, probably would be more, you know, have the choice be Philly or the Bucks. I'd rather the choice be Philly or Boston in the first round. Y'all gonna say I'm wilding, but I want I want the Bucks, man. I want <laughs> I want the I want the defending champions. You know, we we done shed blood against them already. Like it's, it's personal. Well, like, I, I want them in the I want them in the conference finals, bro. I don't want them in the in the first round. Well, you know, it, y'all say I, I look at things through the rose-colored lenses, but I'm also a realist. I don't, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see conference finals for the Bulls. But I think, I think, uh, you know, a seven-game battle with Milwaukee, or seven, excuse me, a seven-series, uh, seven-game series against Milwaukee would would bring the best out of the Bulls. Um, they they probably wouldn't win. There's a good chance they won't. But you know, well, I'm saying I, that's why I would rather see them in the conference finals <laughs> than the first round. I, I'm not confident we will get past the the second round, uh, regardless of opponent. I, I I think the Bulls have, you know, barring a miracle, barring you know, and I don't know what the, the latest status is on Lonzo Ball, but 
you know, if he can, can get himself back in, into shape to, to play in the playoffs, you know, maybe they have another uptick in the, in the defensive efficiency and, and ball movement and, and they play better. Um, yeah, I, I, I see us being a second round and, 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 and exit uh, team. Which is good. That's that's an accomplishment for all. Yeah, players. yeah. And we'll we'll talk more about that probably yeah. when the season's over. Like, you know, and taking away. But I think all. Yeah, I agree with you. Man. Already, like the, the the Bulls losing the second round is not a failure this year. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just that we were so warped by that start to the season. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you know, a lot of us let ourselves dream, and you know. It's, it's, you know, it's understandable. You know, we it's been a long time since we've had a team that was this, you know, enjoyable, you know, as this team was at at, at the height of the season. But And even at this point, they're still an enjoyable team. They're just not the, the complete team that we want to see, you know. But there, there's still time for this to build and develop. Yeah, true indeed, true indeed. I will say this. I, I was one of the, the, the folks – that was screaming from the mountaintops, like the defensive effort is not sustainable for a 482 and, you know, love him for what he's done to create, you know, the culture change. But I still feel like there was a, a gross roster negligence in, in some respects with how AK comprised the, the roster and not addressing the, the front line. I feel like this is kind of a repeat of last year when, when they chose not to, to really have depth at the point guard position. And that comes with a cost. So, you know, now we we potentially have a matchup like Philadelphia, where we're we're drastically undersized. You know, we see what the rebounding uh, disparity is like for the Bulls. So, um, you know, I mean, it is what it is at this point. You roll what you got, but you know, I, 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 I let's, yeah, let's touch a little bit on that before we we sign off for the game. Yeah. You know, there's been you know the past twenty four hours. There's been a lot of, uh, you know. Talk of, you know, there's been talk about the Bulls projecting going forward about what they need and stuff. And, you know, of course, you know, most of the talk centers, like like Farrell said, around the front court and, and boosting something up there. And, um, you know, there's been there's been different, like, articles and stuff, like Casey Johnson, again, you know, getting a shout-out to a colleague there. You know, he had a, a big uh, a big mailbag post where a lot of people was asking them about, you know, stuff like trading Vucevic and, you know, targets in the offseason and stuff. And then he went on a podcast too. And he wound up being misquoted a couple of times, like uh, about certain things like that. He said that the Bulls may do as far as targets in the offseason. But, you know, some names come up, have come up like Christian Wood and AD and, um, you know, a couple others, you know, but you know, Drew, I, I want you to you know go in, you know, give get your thoughts on this a little bit about what what realistically at the moment do you think we could be seeing from the Bulls in the in this off season in regards to, like, say maybe getting that front court better, maybe getting another star in the front court, or you know, what could it take? You know, will will it take some reorganizing of of the roster, will we have to give up one of our, you know, proven commodities or, you know, on the verge of be proven commodities? You know, what, what do you think about that whole situation? Well, I think everything is going to is gonna start with Zach Levine and the deal that he gets and then what's, yeah. what 
can matriculate after that. Um, Cause that's, that's going to eat up a lot of the, the cap. I'm not a, that's the last thing I'm any expert in is, is the, the cap gymnastics that they just pulled off this past off season and what they would have to oh, do. And, and you know, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt you, but one thing that did, that did come out today uh, was that the cap will be higher over the next two years than expected. So there will be more room under the cap and under the tax limit. So if the bulls wanted to spend a little more and, and, you know, to the point where they have to incur some penalties, they still, they're going to even, they'll have more space even under those restrictions okay. to spend over the next couple of years. So that's a, you know, definitely a good thing. Now. Oh, absolutely. Um, after that though, I think they, they definitely need to address, uh, like Pharaoh said, they got to address the front court. They need to get some more shooting. Um, mm. Lonzo Ball, a, a big part of what's hurt the Bulls since Ball has been gone is not just his defense or his um, ability to find the right man or make the right pass in the half court, but also just his three-point shooting. Like, he's taking close to eight, eight three-pointers a game and hitting 41 42% of them. That's, that's a big chunk of, of offense that's missing. Um, so they got to get some shooters. They need to try to shore up that front line or front court a little bit. I don't – if they didn't trade Pat, Pat Williams at the trade deadline, I don't think – Unless they they get some sort of deal that knocks them off their feet, I don't think they look to move him this summer. But they should bring somebody in that can push him, though. I don't think he should just be able to fall right back into a, a starting um, position with the team. I'm not a big fan. I don't know what it is, man. And I haven't seen a ton of Christian Christian Wood um, clips or highlights. I'm just not a big fan of his. Maybe it's because he's in Houston and it just seemed like chaos over there. And he was in Detroit before. I know that's when he kind of made his mark and got his name. But I've never been a big or have not been a, a Wood fan um, to this point. Now, I, he can change my mind. Uh, yeah, he, may be, he may be better, you know. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the thing about him is that he may be got for a lower price than a lot of the other guys. Yeah. Like, like even in, like an AD, for instance, you know. He, he should be gotten for less than that. And I think he, he wants – from from there's been reports that he wants to get out of Houston, of course. Not not surprisingly. So if you if you're the Bulls, you may want to take advantage of that. But one thing, one thing that I'm you know that I thought of in, in the last day or so is that the Bulls may have slept on getting a Bagley for the low. Cause you know you. <laughs> he 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 probably go he, he go he like he about to do some things in Detroit, man. Yeah, but you would have I thought Correct me if I'm wrong. You would have had to trade for him, and I don't know who. Yeah, who the Kings would have? Okay, we'll give you. We'll you'll give you Bagley for whoever. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who yeah. that guy would have been because they're pretty fairly deep in the guard. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming we could have got him for the low. Maybe that wouldn't have been the case, but no, but, but I, 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 he he may have he may have been worth it either either way though. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I know we run up against it, so I'll just make this one last point before I, I toss it to Pharaoh, but. If they do decide to move Vooch and he's got a, a friendly contract because it's de-escalating, so another team might look at that um, mm -hmm. with big eyes. But if they trade Vooch, they need to get somebody who kind of mirrors what he can do because he's he's important to this team, especially what they do on the offensive side of the ball. So they need to find somebody who can not only kind of be a hub of the offense, who can catch take passes from Levine or – um, the roles in the playoff, picking roles and picking pops with somebody that can make decisions quickly. 
get rid of that ball quickly when they need to. And I'm not sure you can run offense through him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know who's going to be available, but I, I don't know if you can go back. I don't know if I, could, I, I would feel comfortable if I was AK or, or Mark Eversley going into next season with this exact same roster. Yeah, yeah. And, and to that point, I'm not like, oh, we got to get rid of Vooch, but you know, just be smart about it. You yeah. Know? No doubt. Be, no, be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil, you, like, you, you got anything else to say before we uh, start to wrap up? We saw uh, with the Lonzo Ball situation where there's smoke there can potentially be fire. We heard the, the Jakob Pertle name kicked around at the trade deadline. Yeah. And he seems like a guy that fits the mold of what AK likes in, in his big man and could potentially, you know, you know, be acquired without having to, you know, overextend, give up too many assets. Um if in a in a ideal world, pies the sky. Like you know, AD. I'm I'm not really that high on him given his his injury history. But DeAndre Ayton in the situation in, in Phoenix is the one that I would be looking at. You know, oh, yeah, really I, 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 good, yeah, Ayton mentioned too with the KC stuff. I, oh, was I, it? I, I, that that would be ideal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I need you to know. check the article out then. Yeah. Um, AD. I I was talking with some people on Twitter about AD and like. Like people, like I'm. If, uh, if you could get AD for a box of sneakers, <laughs> you, know, you, you get AD for you know, you know, <laughs> a bucket of wings from Harold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, hey, come on home, baby, come yeah. on home. But, mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I, I'm not giving up Zach for him or nothing like that. No, so, you know, that, no. or maybe even boots. Like, you know, it's it. Yeah, it's like. He just he just misses too many games, man. It's 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 a, it's a shame, man. Because when he's a when he's healthy and and going uh, going, man, he's he's that dude. But you know, he just misses too much time for me, man. Yeah, and so, I don't know how that's going to change as he gets older. You know, yeah. but uh, the motivation yeah. too is a little scary, man. I'm not sure where his you know, <laughs> yeah, his care factor is right now. Yeah, I mean. I mean, there's a lot about his story where it's like you could think that he's he's just like, like okay, I got big enough to play this game, so I'm a I'm a see it through, and and I've gotten what I've gotten out of out of it for life. He, he no, he's not Andrew Bynum, but <laughs> he may not be that much off of that, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I, we, we, there's a there's a lot more to to break down about that, and, and of course there'll there'll be the whole off season, and we'll we'll uh, you know hope we'll hopefully that'll be figured out one way or another. But uh, we gonna wrap up for now as the game uh, they gonna start getting things going at the UC. I, I wanted to shout out uh, our guy Stephen Gardner, uh, who's starting uh, started this week with some good new uh, Bulls content on our Substack War Ready. Substack search war ready, and um, I think uh, if for those who are not so high on Vucevic, you know, read his latest pieces right at the top of our of our Substack, and uh, you know, read what Steve you know had to uh, say about his performance in uh, DC in particular, and the way that he describes the way that you know the Bulls were running offense through him, and he was allowing passes to. You know, get to people, get the ball to, to strip, helping distribute the ball, and doing doing things like that, and 
I think that'll, you know, you know, if if it doesn't make you a, a big Vucevic guy, it should give you more to think about about what he provides to this offense, like Drew was uh, referencing earlier. So, you know, check out Steve's, uh, you know, work with us. And uh, I was hoping to get him on tonight. We may get him on for the post game. We'll see. But uh, if not, then we'll get him on soon. Uh, and um, we will be back uh, later. Me and Pharaoh will definitely be back later. Uh, Drew won't be. Uh, hopefully, we'll, maybe we may have Gabe on or someone else. So we'll see. Uh, we'll check back after the game. Like I say, starting to get things going at the UC, starting the introductions and stuff. So, uh, oh, well, I guess before we go, you know, what, what do y'all expect as far as a result for the night? I'm gonna go with a win. <laughs> Stay hot. Stay hot, man. <laughs> Every the, you you got these you these are playoff intensity games right here. So let's I think I, I'm with you. I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna win tonight. I, I'm just I'm just I'm not being a homer necessarily about it, but you know, I'm sort of being a homer. But I think they're gonna win tonight. My, my heart won't follow y'all. I just I, I I feel like I feel like it's it's another one step forward, one step back situation about to about to happen tonight. I, I mean. It, the only good thing about that would, would mean that they that would they would likely beat Miami on Saturday. So if if they beat Miami on Saturday, maybe it'd be worth losing tonight. But I think they could win the night. And I, I just want to see some some momentum over the course of multiple games. Yes, and I, I think we all want to see that. And you know, let's let's say get them back to what the type of game, the type of streaking, positive streaking. They were doing in like the first third of the season, you know. It'd be nice to see that in this last week of the season, going into the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll that's it for now, y'all. Uh, thanks to everyone who checked us out here. Of course, you can keep checking us out on War on Anchor, our uh, a uh, our podcast platform, our live streams here on YouTube. And um, yeah, keep keep up with our guys. You see the tags there, Drew. Uh, look what Drew did. I'm sure if, if you're talking Bulls on Twitter, you should be seeing him around anyway. And uh, Farrell, of course, Pete, for Farrell always mixes it up with the with uh, Bulls Twitter as well. So well, uh, you know, as 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 well as he does on here. So, but I said he'll, he'll be on with us after the game as well. But uh, we'll we'll get back with Drew next week, man. Uh, uh. Anything, like, is there anything else you got going on right now? No, nah, man, just kind of <clears throat> haven't been writing as much, been doing these game recaps for, for on tap sports net, which is not like strongest suit, but something I'm trying to get better at. So I'm actually doing a recap for tonight. So check that out. It should be up on the site, you know, later tonight, if not tomorrow. But yeah, just, just, just hit me up on Twitter, man, if nothing else. Let's talk Bulls. No doubt, no doubt. All right, like I said, we'll be back after the game uh, about soon, pretty, pretty much right after uh, it wraps up. And uh, that's it for now. We'll holler at y'all. Keep bouncing. All right, boys. Peace.
Man, 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 this was a wild one coming off, man. This the game of the year, I would say, at the moment for the Bulls. Big, big win. I did not think that uh, they were going to get it. Uh, but uh, you, but we're going to talk about it. Me and Gabe here running with war post-game. Bulls and Clippers. Uh, it's hard, hard to – I just pick a place to start, man. But like I said, this this was a big, big win. I'm gonna say though, when um, you know, I was I had towards the end of that Nets uh Bucks game, I had I had both games on, and I was looking at the way that the Nets and the Bucks played, and I was you know just looking at the way the Bulls was playing at the time. And like you know, it, it just it, it wasn't a good comparison to me. Like you know, the like the Bulls was running on the old rebuilt engine. I, I, I tweeted this, and and you know the other two teams in Brooklyn was running on a on a Hemi, you know, running on some fresh Hemis or something. Man, those teams were going at it, and the Bulls just didn't seem like they had the the you know the want to let alone the execution, you know, but just they just weren't going in the right way to even compete with this Clippers team that was right in front of them. It just wasn't looking like a good outlook for the Bulls. But by the end of that game, they they wound up giving giving it all. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get – what was the final score? I'm trying to get it up on my phone. 135-130. Yeah, so – they were down like eleven with like four minutes left. Mm-hmm. They they overtake that lead and they go ahead and you know really outplay them in the in in the old overtime overtime. They were given a good deal of help towards the end of that of, of regulation. Uh, I don't know what that was about with those two fouls, those two late fouls, especially the PG foul. But it seemed like when you look at PG not playing really much at all in that in that OT, you know, uh, you know, Stacy and and, and Amin spoke about it on the broadcast. It seemed like they were holding them, you know, they they had got enough of him in that game. The Clippers did, and they you know they're easing them back. So you know, people we were talking about how it was like. You know, there's some talk coming to the game about how it was bad luck that the Bulls had to face this team with PG, but it's they got a lu- enough luck where they they didn't they didn't they're not getting they didn't get the whole PG, and they didn't get the they didn't get them at you know maximum, you know, uh, in this game even though he was still pretty good, you know, uh, Jackson was very good in this game, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and 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 they had they had some other stuff for the Bulls. They especially early on, they seemed to really, you know, their length and their height just really was outdoing the Bulls in a lot of ways. And you know, it it was it didn't seem like a good matchup for a while. But you know, I'll give it to you, Gabe. Man, what 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 do you think allowed the Bulls to eventually take this one? Meltdowns by the Clippers by the stretch, um, defensively. You know, and I think when you talk about the PG foul against DeMar, which sent the game into overtime, but I go back to the Terrence Mann foul. You yeah. know, away from the ball, um, to give them two free throws plus the possession. And 
at the time you had a five point lead, you know that you just can't make those mistakes. Uh, and that's why you saw Ty Lue, you know, animated on the sidelines about it. Um, that, that was a big pivotal play that changed the course of the ball game. Uh, but I think the biggest X factor in the game for the Bulls, in spite of the Clippers' meltdowns laid down the stretch, was Pat Williams. Um, Pat Williams coming off the bench, you know, getting a double-double, making things happen, playing off of guys, um, cutting to the rim, making some catch-and-shoot threes to keep them within striking distance early in that fourth quarter. Um, that was huge. And to me, he's really – the unsung hero of the game. Everybody's going to look at DeMar and what he did. You know, it's incredible. Yes, he he definitely sparked the comeback. But yeah. what Pat was doing, you know, this is the type of game that you could build off of. You have a lot of Bulls fans out there. And I had conversations with Drew and a couple other people in the spaces a week ago about Pat. They're giving up on him. And, they're, you know, and, and they're not realizing that he's just not getting into action. Some little Paul George who, you know, this is his second game back. This is Pat's like fifth or sixth game back, even though he's been back a little while longer. Like he's just not getting his feet wet. And defensively, he played well tonight. Um, for the most part, you know, outside of being late on a couple of rotations, he, he fared well. But anytime guys are getting doubled and he's serving as an active cutter to the rim, like we saw with Caruso found him um on a cut in, in, inside or early part of the overtime, and he's knocking down catch and shoot threes, um, and he's taking them. You know, which is what you really want to see from him as opposed to being passive um, when he has open looks. That That's key. That's key. And to me, he I, I can't speak enough about how great he was tonight off of the bench, especially when you consider that Billy Donovan only played four guys off the bench and they only played a nine-man rotation tonight. It was a playoff-like rotation. Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, and so, you, you know, they, they – that's really what's encouraging to me. Like they are taking these games seriously now. They know what they know what position they're in, and they know what they need to do to fulfill themselves in this in this next week of play. I think this is a this is a potential turnaround game for this team that they they're not complete yet, but they got they're getting their pieces back the way that they want them. And when you look at it, it it was very vital that P Will was in very in, in so many ways the X factor in this game because like you say we've been waiting on him and you know it, it's been rough it's that race that weight's been rough and you know in some ways maybe we've been impatient but very you know so. this has been you know this is a guy we know has talent and we know he can make plays he can do he can do certain things. On, on both ends of the court that are, that are special. And, you know, we get to see that flash, a flash of that tonight. You know, him be him just being aware to get in that corner and be in the position for the shot, let alone making it in that overtime. Like, that's special stuff there, man. Him getting those dunks, that cut to the rim when he was able to get that, that free back, I mean, that get free and get that easy basket. That's that's good stuff, man. That's the type of stuff that you want to see from that you, you want to see from a twenty-year-old guy, man. And you know who is who is entering his first significant playoff-like action. You know, that, yeah. And this is gonna be yeah, and this is gonna be a key experience for him. You know, and, and all of those guys. But what this game should really show 
um, the Bulls organization as well as Bulls faithful is how important it is to get home court advantage in round one. You yeah. know, now you're only, I believe they're only a game. They, they may be like a couple of games back behind Philly. Philly's lost three in a row, you know, with the loss to Detroit tonight. Yeah, you got the majority of your games down the stretch at United Center. And as we know, the Bulls feed off of that crowd. And I think that crowd has played a tremendous role in a lot of these games being reversed and flipped and giving the Bulls a chance to win a lot of these games. You can tell those guys feed off that crowd a lot. Even Kobe, you know, earlier tonight played fairly well and was and was active defensively. It's something about the energy, I think, of this team that picks up when they're at home. And when you're seeking to cement yourself as a true playoff force to be reckoned with, you want to have as many advantages as you can, especially when you're a young team like the Bulls mostly with a few, you know, seasoned veterans that have been there and done that. Um, the, all of these games are big. And, and this is a huge win considering when you got Miami coming in on the back end on the start of the weekend on Saturday night. So to be able to steal one, which in my opinion they did, and to go into my, uh, the game against Miami at the UC this Saturday night, that, that's a big deal. Yes, I'm, I'm getting, yeah, like you said, it's a game difference. That was, I was about to say two games, but they haven't updated on, on Google yet. But like you say, Philly lost, there was two games coming into today, the difference between Philly and the Bulls. Philly lost today. They, there's some issues there, especially with Harden. We'll, we'll, we'll maybe get into a little bit of that before we go off. But uh, yeah, they lost, Bulls won. So it's a one game difference now. Between them and four and five, respectively. So, yeah, that's that's some good stuff there, Gabe. I'm, I was gonna throw it to uh, to Farrell here. You good? You... <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, just go ahead and give your overall thoughts, man, on, on this one, man. It it was a roller coaster tonight, man. It was playoff intensity. Um, you know, in the playoffs is when when you guys you see guys start to cramp up, and I think we saw Zach um, go down late in the fourth and, and stretching his calf out. Um, we saw Demar clenching a couple times, and I'm not really sure what, what what he's dealing with, but at this point in the season, everybody's dealing with something, and the fact that they 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 were able to grit through that uh, extended minutes, uh, were able to maintain the intensity. And this was a big win. They needed it. You know, as you mentioned earlier, Cal, like this was the first game in, uh, I think, five-game stretch at home. So yeah. being able to start it on the right foot and establish some momentum out the gates and get some confidence against a tough opponent, you know, it was big to see them, you know, fight through and, and get that victory in overtime. You know, and, the and they're all playoff teams in this stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've so, seen the Bulls, like, you know, uh, have games like this and then get into overtime and then they, they come out flat and then they lose, which was a big, you know, those are big letdowns. But uh, the fact that they were able to win big, DeMar put the team on the back, on his back, and, and put up the, the, the 50 wings, extra crispy, you dig? <laughs> <laughs> so, indeed. yeah, it, it was an exciting game, man, playoff intensity. I'm glad they pulled it out. Yeah, I, I was look. Uh, shout out to Law Murray who covers the uh, Clippers for the Athletic. I've been following him, and uh, you know he 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 said that they were zero uh, and three in overtime. Uh, the Clippers were, so they fought a zero and four 
this year and over time. Not a good look for them, but they're still, you know, they're still working through their stuff. And they, you know, you look at that team, that's still a dangerous team. And they, you know, maybe they're going to have to wait till next year to fully be the team that they want to be, you know, especially if, if Kawhi doesn't come back. But, you know, they still got a lot to offer and they, you know, they pushed the Bulls tonight. Yeah. You, you know, you can't argue that. And, you know, some of that has to do with the Bulls not necessarily playing to the way that they want, but or, or to a certain standard. But at the same time, you know, you gotta when you gotta make when when teams aren't playing to the to their certain standard, you gotta make them pay. And like you said, you know, Reggie Jackson, you know, uh, Morris, they was out there doing that tonight. I'm trying to get this uh, tweet up from my man Rob Schaefer. Uh, transition to a next point here give me a second but uh yeah what what did you um no i'm i'm yeah the point the point i was going into was uh he he, robert uh i guess going from the from the press conference tonight he was mentioning how uh p will was switched on to uh to marcus morris who uh, started out six or seven with his shooting early on. He was hurting the Bulls, and, uh, you know, P. Will sort of was used to slow him down a little bit. Did y'all notice that? Yeah, I I picked it up real quick because one thing that the Clippers did a good job of early was attacking the Bulls' four-guard lineup by getting them inside, Uh, specifically not only Morris but George. They got a lot of matchups one-on-one with Caruso on the island. And they were, you know, it, it was like shooting over a chair, you know, from, a, you know, a low chair. And, and they was getting money. And I think they that was a, a, a smart adjustment on Billy's part. And that's why Pat is going to be such a big piece for the Bulls come playoff time because he gives them so much size and length that the other guys, such as Caruso and Javante Green, while they're great defenders in their own right, won't be able to get them because they're undersized, even though they may be able to provide a little bit of girth. But – they had a significant height advantage over and, you know, they just were shooting over the top, just being able to get into, you know, they actions real easy and smooth with no resistance. And Pat, you know, definitely interrupted that and changed that and was even switching on the bigs and making good rotations and whatnot. Um, yeah. I caught that very quickly because in the first quarter, they got annihilated um, because yeah. they keep playing small and the change had to be made. Yeah. Yeah. More reporting from Rob. He said, yeah, now, like I said, he, he said, you no, know, P. Will was switched over. Donovan, you know, admitted to that uh, in the press conference. And he also mentioned, uh, you know, that they're being mindful of Caruso's minutes uh, because of his back. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he mentioned DeMar apologizing to him because of uh, missing that the, the potential game-winning free throw of, the, you know, missed one of the three that he had at the end of regulation. And uh, Donovan responded by saying that the Bulls wouldn't have been in overtime, of course, without his contributions. At one, no, well, I guess the thing we gotta we gotta sort of come to grips with here is, you know, the the Bulls have had an MVP since Jordan, of course, but you know, this really, and, and Demar isn't going to get the MVP this year, but. This really has to go down as the the most special season by an individual bull outside of Michael Jordan. I mean, we have, I think we have to say that at this point, right? 
in my opinion, you say you say Gabriel, you say since Rose, I, I say since um top three MVP season for Joe Kim. That means mm. for me that was a pretty special season. It was yeah. Mm. yeah. I know what you talk about. Yeah, that's true. But y'all so y'all not willing to put it above those seasons yet though. I put it above Joe's. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. Just from the standpoint, the team is is in a much higher place in the standings. Now you can attribute that because he had a better partner in crime with Zach um, in the fold. You know, whereas Joe King was doing a lot of that as a necessity because sure. of you know guys being in and out of the lineup with injuries and so forth. But to me, if you if you're talking about the top individual seasons all time in Bulls history, I probably would say 95, 96 Jordan. Um, 10, 11 rows, um, 93, 94 Scotty. And I will probably put DeMar's fourth. And then, and then you could, you know, include Noah's campaign, which I believe was in 13, 14, mm-hmm. or actually for 14, 15, one of those years. Like, but yeah, I'm four, like what, what, what DeMar's doing is incredible because what DeMar's doing is he, it's not a single full quarter that I've ever watched in the last 10 years of Bulls basketball, probably since Derek had his MVP season where I'm like, you know what? Because of that guy right there, they got a chance. And DeMar gives you that. Um, You know, with the way he's been playing, you know, the way he's able to get to his spots and to watch him, you know, in action a couple of times, you know, live up close in person, you can tell that crowd just feeds off of him. And yeah, he he cemented himself in in, in Bulls all-time history with the season that he's had. Um, that can't be disputed. Yeah, amazing. He, he he was at a season high with four when we hit forty six, but he ends up uh, you know getting that fifty piece like like uh, Pharaoh said, man. It, it's amazing, man. It it, it truly is. But uh, you know it, it it's it, but it's interesting too. Like like I said, we know that he's not going to get MVP in spite of this though, because you can look at people like Giannis. And what he did tonight too, in that amazing game with the Nets, he becomes the all-time leading scorer for the Bucks in that game. By the way, mm. but you know, passing Kareem, but uh, you know, it, this was a crazy night. Like I said, I started, you know, uh, at, a, at a certain point, I was resigned to the Bulls losing tonight, and I was just like enjoying the Nets <laughs> Bucks uh, Bucks game. But you know, you, you still got those teams in this East. You know, you still got Boston, you still got Miami, but I feel a lot better about the Bulls after after this game tonight, about their ability to compete with those teams and, and have the motor that those teams gonna gonna bring to the playoffs. Yeah. So you know, I, 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 that's just I'm just throwing that point out there. I guess uh, I was. Gonna get get a little bit into the other action from tonight, but I don't know if y'all if y'all want to jump on that or, or, well, or follow up on that. Yeah, I, I like to expand on the Pat Williams thing uh, just because we we talked about it in the pregame, and you know, uh, to be a fly on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Like like I wish I could have heard how that conversation at halftime went. You know, coaches make decisions, but oftentimes. You know, they, they make a decision in their mind and then they often look for cues from, from, from the player to see, you know, how a guy may be responding. So, you know, Pat, we, we were thinking about maybe starting you in the second half. 
you know, we talk a lot about, you know, Pat's temperament and, and, you know, I would have loved to see his reaction. Yeah. Coach put me in or was, you know, did he, did he, did he ramp up a little bit? Um, it, I didn't catch the audio, but I did see, um, you know, the, on the, in the lower third when KC reported that, that Pat was starting in the second half, I didn't realize that he, he went scoreless in the first. And so, you know, was this, Partly, you know, because we, we were monitoring Caruso, partly we really need to figure out a way to light a fire under this kid, you know. So I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that that halftime conversation. It was nice to see him respond, though, man. I mean, he didn't, like, light up the, the stat sheet, but he made some loud plays, especially that don't. And, you know, moving forward, hey, man, <laughs> we, we talked about Javante getting out there trying to catch bodies every time he, he gets an opportunity. If Pat could just get a little bit of that, you know, and get a taste of that, like, you know, it's like, like, like Stacy said, you know, you see a dog, you give a dog, you know, raw meat for the first time, you, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he acquires that taste. And so maybe for Pat, maybe this was one of those moments where moving forward, we see a little bit more of that, a little bit more of that. And then in the playoffs, when the intensity ramps up, we see even more of that, and that catapults catapults how he approaches the game moving forward now as, as a professional. I'm going to take a look at some stats right quick and see uh, what else sort of pops out. Uh, you know, Zach winds up with 21, five assists and four rebounds. Nicola, 22 points and 14 rebounds. He will 12, 12 rebounds with his 10 assists. Kobe, 11 points. And, uh, you know, Devontae, of course, he, you know, so much what he does doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But, uh, you know, Io, Caruso combined, you combine them, uh, 15, you know, Caruso with seven assists on his own. Tristan, uh, four rebounds, six, six rebounds, let's say. And four points. So, you know, pretty much a lot of different contributions from different guys. And like I say, you get that all NBA, uh, you know, uh, dominance from Lamar on top. A couple guys with twenty below him. You know, that's 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 a good way to get to one hundred thirty and to compete with a team like like the Clippers. So, you know, really just. You know, like I say, gay. Like you say, they stole this. <laughs> so when you when you can steal it, it then you know there's it's sort of a a, a bitter sweetness to, to it, or you know you can you know you can look at it a certain way when you steal the game. But the good thing more than anything is that you got that win. And, you know, that's like I say is with the East as it is right now with the playoff playoffs a week plus away you want to win and the, that's what the bulls showed tonight that they want to win and that they're not uh that you know they're not afraid of it so you know that's that's what's that's what's good to me about tonight most most certainly and you know these are the type of wins sometimes that you have to get sometimes you have to steal some wins and mm-hmm. you know anytime you could do that against a team like the clippers even with paul george in his second game back a well coached team like the tyron Luke. Those guys are gonna come in and compete, you know, have one of the best bench units in the league, which um they showcased very well tonight. You know, Hardenstein played very well. Um Luke Kennard, you know, was real nice early and sharp for them. Uh, you know, that that's huge. 
and, and you will take it, especially when you know every single night from here on out, um, when a team comes into the United Center, they're a playoff team. You know, you got Miami, you got Boston, you got Charlotte, you know, Milwaukee. It's like it, it, it's so many teams. And, and, you know, they got one more game left with Milwaukee, I think, coming up on Tuesday of next week. So, yep. you know, like that's yep. – that's, and, and you, and you got to take them. You got to take them the way you can get them this time of year, especially when you're still fighting for seeding and home court advantage is still on the line, which, in my opinion, can really help the Bulls um, in a major way. You know, if they yeah. even if they're not able to get it through the first two rounds, at least getting it through the first round, you know, I don't think a lot of teams are going to want to come in here knowing that this city hasn't seen playoff basketball in five years. Um, you know, the fans are going to be ready and, and really excited about that. I mean, the, the record still tells you everything. The Bulls play a lot better here mm-hmm. than they do on the road. So, and, and like like you say, all that too, those intangibles are there in the United Center and the crowd and all that. So. You know, yeah, it's it would be great if they can get if they can get in that four. You re, that's pretty much the the ceiling. But you know, if they can get there, that'll mean a lot, like you say, for that first round. But uh, yeah, I'm, I, I ain't gonna keep us too too long with this one, you know. Uh, but uh, I actually I did want to, you know, sort of do a little bit more talk about the other games tonight. There's there just there are four other games tonight, and. Um, you know, you had the Pistons beating the Sixers again, a bad loss for those Sixers, 102-94. Like I said, the great game in, in Brooklyn, 121-19. That went to overtime. The Bucks, uh, in, in some ways, sort of stole that one, especially when you consider that Middleton was, you know, kicked out the game. You know, I lost some cash off that. <laughs> you know, but uh, – you know, he, he he got got a flag or two in the second half and, and uh got uh knocked out of that one. The Hawks, they asserting themselves quite a bit. 131, 107 beating Cleveland. Cleveland seems to be uh set up for that uh that play in tournament now. But uh and uh like I say the Bulls and you know Jazz and Lakers going at it now. Lakers losing again, of course. But uh I don't know any anything from the other games that sort of is noticeable to y'all. I think you know it, it, I saw a little bit of it on Twitter already. I think the big thing for me is that Sixers game, of course, especially as it relates to the Bulls. You got Harden had a bad second half apparently in that game, and uh, a little bit of a call out from Doc after that game. Uh, we, we may be seeing things moving cycles, as Q-Tip said once upon a time. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, like I said, that'll be great for the Bulls if, if, if there's some dysfunction is setting in with that team. But, but it's gonna it'll be kind of tough for the Sixers. At not a good time. Yeah, I, I, I'd be interested to to pay some closer attention to um, just individually how how Joe and B ends the season. Right, like we know that there's that cluster of, of teams in, in one through four, and you know. Ranking is gonna gonna play a factor. Everybody's trying to avoid, you know, Brooklyn, but at the same time, you know, there there's still there still could potentially be some matchups at that, you know, two seven, three six that, that could get dangerous. And we've seen Joel like struggle with conditioning, struggle with being able to to, you know, withstand in the playoffs. So, I mean, he's had an MVP year, but he's also had a lot put on him. 
you know, not just physically, but mentally with the whole Ben Simmons saga in the first half of the season and having to expend so much energy just to keep, you know, Philly in, in the hunt. So, you know, you know, those, those minutes have a way of compounding on, on players, especially big men. Are, are we seeing Joel starting to, to finally have some, you know, in-season attrition and it's, it's catching up with him at the wrong time? If that's the case, that that's 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 not good for Philadelphia. We know Doc's history in the playoffs. You know, I hate to call him out, but you know, he's 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 dealt with with these types of situations and other teams in the past. And and his you know, schematically, he hasn't been able to overcome those those those, those issues. So it could you know, I don't know, man. You tell me. Let me let me hear y'all y'all opinions on the Joe L piece, but. You know, it, it, it could be just like bad luck, bad at the worst time for them. Well, he, he today, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say today at 37 and 15, he's mm-hmm. it's pretty much the story of his of the season for him. Like, it's the reason why he's a top MVP candidate because he pretty much had to do everything for that team. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not really too worried about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is to me, if you if, if you're somebody who is new to the NBA, it's like several stars I would always recommend people to always see, and he's always at the top of the list because every single week you're gonna get at least multiple thirty and ten games from him. I do worry about him in the playoffs as well because the game does slow down. And yeah, big men, yeah, the, the minutes and, and and so forth. Yeah, it could take a a, a pal on them. Uh, you know, so to speak, but the biggest X factor to me for Philadelphia is Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. You know, now he had a solid game tonight where I think he went like six for nine from the field, put up like 15 points or so, but can he do that consistently? Because ever since James has gotten there, he's went from being the second option on the offensive end and the guy who typically has the rock in his hand when Joel's not, you know, on the block with it, to now you're the third option. And now you got to be the guy who's relegated to catch and shoot duty, being an active cutter, and being a defender. And I think he hasn't really gotten accustomed to that role fully yet. And as a result, Philly has struggled a great deal. I still think James is, in spite of, you know, some of the greatness he's shown there early on, he's still seeking to get adjusted and accustomed to playing alongside of a big like Joel Embiid, who's very ball dominant. And, you know, and those two guys got to learn how to take turns and play off of one another. You know, and one thing, as much as I love James and watching him as a player, that he's always had to deal with when he's played with so many talented pieces like he has, is how to adjust to those guys and being willing to do something that he typically hasn't shown a willingness to do for every player. And that's playing off the ball sometimes and being active off the ball and moving. Um, That, to me, is what's going to be the make it or break it thing for Philadelphia. And if there's one team that I don't think Philadelphia will want to see in the playoffs, it will probably be Toronto. Because with all those wing defenders that they have, that they can bring on the hard and check him, and then with the length and the versatility that they have to go inside and protect the paint, that's a nightmare matchup. You know, if they were to play, they're way into the three seed, and, and Toronto, you know, stays at six where I believe they currently are. You know, like that, that would be a hell of a first-round matchup that wouldn't be easy. And it would really require Joel to, to put up 30 and 15 every single night. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
I, yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out with uh with Philly. I think they're gonna stay in that four or five range. Myself, I think the Bulls may be bound to uh, with them in that way. But you know, you got Boston may may figure in that as well. We spoke a little bit about that before the game tonight. But uh, you know, uh, again, I I, I just want to go back to the Nets and and uh, you know, man, uh, Bucks before we wrap up, like. You know, Reggie was on there being goofy, talking about, yeah, you want to see that in the first round. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, but but in some ways, you, you, you may it, it may be prudent to, to say that that may be the only series we need to see in the East, like, especially coming off of what they did last year together. Like, I mean, they, they, it may, the East may likely come down to those two one way or another, like, and, you know, personally, I think I – don't, I don't know. I could see it going a lot of ways. But, you know, if they do face off in any round, they likely would go seven because they seem to just it, – it, it's like like Darth Vader and, and Obi-Wan going against each other. Like they just know all each other's moves and they, and they just battle each other so evenly, you know, no matter who's out there. It's, it's, it's crazy. What's the X factor in the series against though between those two? Because I look at it, I look at it like you know Durant, Giannis, they 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 kind of neutralize each other. Um, you know Drummond is it's a favorable matchup because Drummond is gets to basically be on the court more uh, to, to to contest the bigs that Milwaukee has. Um, Kyrie, you know he, he he's gonna dazzle regardless of matchup but you know a guy like Middleton we saw in the playoffs last year you know he's capable of putting up 30 40 any night so I mean there are a lot of factors in that series that can neutralize each other you know does it does it does it boil down to like the fringe input that's like does Bobby Portis win a series for you because he's capable of doing of putting up numbers <laughs> and maybe Milwaukee doesn't have or excuse me uh Brooklyn doesn't have someone off of their bench who can who can match that you know well the funny thing is that when you look at last year's series portis wasn't a factor because he wasn't getting no play and yeah then then but then you see him in the sun series and he was pretty much almost the x factor in that series so it'll be interesting to see how much they make the x factor may be coaching and does budenholzer getting his own way and or and or does he do what he's supposed to? Do? Does he learn from last year and let Kerr get in in his own way, which we've seen happen with Kerr, and we can in some ways expect with him as a coach, being a younger coach and everything like that. So, you know, that may be that factor. I look, I was look, just took a look at some of the stats from tonight, and I think you you got to look at some of these outside shooters on both sides. As being key, you know, Connaughton, Wesley Matthews, and um, you know, I think Drew Holiday when he's really going, he's so unguardable. You know, he's really a guy who can can impact the game in a lot of different ways, and that put a lot of strain on a Nets team who's already questioned so much in the way that they, uh, you know, really let a lot of possessions go on defense. So. 
you know, I I, I would say if, as far as X factors go, maybe Drew would probably be the biggest one on uh, Milwaukee side, and on Brooklyn side, you may be looking at you know Bruce Brown at like twenty three tonight, somebody like that, or or you know maybe Seth with his shooting, like they you know there's there's players in this series, and this it's interesting like how the rosters have adjusted and. and sort of evolved a little bit even from last year with some new talent and infused in this series potentially yeah i think it's gonna come down to the bigs um one thing about playoff basketball it's it's all about rebounding Mm. if you you look at most if you if you want to look at a game by stat sheet in the playoffs nine times out of ten the team that is leading in the rebounding category is the one that's winning especially when it comes to the series. Um, I think Brooke Lopez is going to be a significant key piece for the uh, Bucks as well. You know, everybody talks about Drew, but he's really like the backline anchor of Milwaukee's defense, you know, who allows Giannis to do a lot of roaming around freely and whatnot and to use his athleticism like we've seen him do these last several years since Brooke has been in attack um, in Milwaukee. So, I look at those guys as, as key pieces, and it could come down to coaching as well, Cal, because I had a lot of issue with Budenholzer last year, allowing Giannis sometimes to operate in the perimeter, which we saw change when he got to the conference finals and he got into the finals and put him on that block, you know, which is where he was supposed to be operating. And then yeah. it led to significant dividends for the Bucks franchise in the world championship. Yeah, like I say, I, I Budenholzer got to show some evolution in his coaching this year, at, at, at least in that in that matchup. Like I say, he could do whatever he want in the other matchups probably, but with this next matchup, if he doesn't want if he doesn't want to stress it as much as they did last year, he's got to you know he got to do some different things to, with uh, with his guys this year. And um, you know, Gabe, you, I, I look at the rebound and you make a good point again, man. 57 to 41 tonight, uh, the Bucks out rebounded them. So that that pretty much helped kick them in the game. That they had a, a nice free throw advantage too. 82 percent uh, made 28 of 34 compared to 11 of 16 for the Nets. Points in the paint 54 to 38 advantage for Milwaukee there too. They didn't shoot well tonight. Too uh, too well, I should say. Milwaukee did. They 40 uh, about 45 overall. They shot horribly from three, 40, 12 or 41. So, you know, they, they, in that way, when you, when you, when you shooting on them three, they, they trying to play the game like the Nets. That didn't work. They got a big, they got to be big on the Nets. And that's what they were able to do that as well, especially towards the end. And that's what got them this win tonight. But yeah. But uh, yeah, like I said, fellas, man, I ain't gonna keep y'all too much longer, man. Y'all got anything else uh, y'all want to throw out about tonight? Not for me. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how uh, they respond. The Bulls respond against Miami on Saturday. Yeah. Hopefully, like, hopefully like we 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 mentioned before the game, you weren't this game, but like you know, could, the way the Bulls been playing, like on and off, on and off, yeah. you know. Me and Farrell had uh, predicted that they were going to win tonight, but Drew was like, well, they might be off again tonight and pick it up again on Saturday. 
So now you gotta if if that's the if, if hopefully that trend is over. Like that's why I'm saying like tonight, hopefully tonight was a uh you know an over the hump game. And and now that they, they set a new, you know, they've reset themselves, hopefully. But if they if they're trending again in that on off, you know, sort of pattern, that's not gonna look well for Saturday. But like you say, fair hope that hopefully they can keep up the momentum from the night, be confident, play, you know, hope that they gotta have a better start tonight. Uh so better start Saturday than they than they had tonight against Miami. But yeah, hopefully we'll see more of what we saw tonight against Miami. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And you know, they should be motivated to come out. You know, and set the tone, especially after what went down in Miami. You yeah. know, that they got beat on that Monday night um, in February. Uh, you know, at, at this point, every game should be treated like a playoff game by yes. the Bulls. Uh, this is a young team; they're gonna get a test every single night. So now is the time to start ramping up, and now is the time, you know, to really see what this team is made of. You know, I, I I take a more laid-back approach watching NBA basketball than probably most people. So I'm interested just to see how this team that's filled with a lot of young players um, seeks to adapt to, the you know, to now being in a new environment, which is playoff basketball, where the game slows down and every, you know, decision you make on the floor is magnified. So they, they got to come with it. But one thing that really impressed me the most just watching NBA tonight is what Trey Young's doing in Atlanta, man. You know, uh, on the verge of potentially, you know, vying for a scoring title in a race that's very close. As you know, it could come down to literally LeBron, Giannis, um, Luca, and him, and, and, and leading the league in assists. You know, with a depleted Hawks roster, having these guys within the thick of the play-in um, race, if these guys could get in healthy, you know, you never know. We saw what they did last year under um, Nate McMillan and, and Trey. I mean, what he's doing in the pick and roll right now uh, is, is ridiculous for a fourth-year guard. You know, it's Chris Paul-like and it's veteran-like. Um, he, he's looking like a 10-year vet out there. And the way he's dominating the game, even when he's not scoring, um, it shows the evolution of his game in a lot of ways. And I'm very excited to see him continue on and building off of that. Yeah, they, they could be very dangerous, Gabe. Like, they're in that 10th spot. That's why I said, man, I think I could see any number of things happening looking at those playing games. Yeah. Like, you know, you got them at 10, the Hornets at 9, the Nets, and then the Cavs. Like, who knows how those teams will match up against each other. We're talking one and out. So, you know, it, who knows how those games can play out, man. It, it, it's Like you say, they they, they can be very dangerous still, those, uh, those, those Hawks there. So, yeah. Man, great, great night of basketball, man. This, this is show. It's like I said, for a while it looked like a little bit of a downer for the Bulls. Gabe, I admire you, man. Yeah, I know you're gonna keep your, your, your. You ain't gonna keep get your heart pressure up with these Bulls, but I think a lot of Bulls fans <laughs> gonna need some medicine or somebody in this playoff run. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I, I've been I've been paying attention, having a lot of conversations with Bulls fans lately. I know how they're gonna be. It, it's it's still like those old expectations with Mike in the nineties. Just never left. <laughs> I mean, you see on Bulls Twitter, man. It, it's uh, people are living and dying with these games, but it, it's better it's better to at least have that emotion in it 
again than oh absolutely than the not to than to be you know we've had so many years where at this point it's like you know what what are we, we're only looking towards uh how where we're gonna fall in a lottery you know what what's the lottery gonna be like you know what who's 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 gonna be available to us in that college draft and you know but now it's 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 back again it's playoff time again and you know it started early for the bulls you know but uh for better or worse that that may be what they needed Absolutely. I mean, you can tell the energy has changed around the franchise, you know, just going to games, going to the two games I went to this season, you know, comparing it to um, prior to COVID hitting, you know, when fans were in the building, it was different. You know, those boiling years, it was rough. You know, like I I wouldn't even go to games unless they was playing contenders, you Mm. know, uh, or a top five player was coming into town. So even when I had, you know, guys like, hey, I got tickets, I got tickets. I'm like, man, I'd rather go up to Milwaukee now. You know, you see it. You, you seeing these guys come up in here and they're growing. Um, Zach has always had it, but to see him, you know, evolve into an all-star, to see Demar a vet, a steady presence of veteran and a star in his own right, you know, coming in here and having a, a, a magical season, um, and, and and getting a real coach in the building with Billy Donovan. You know, they, they got something that they're cooking up, and I'm more excited to see what's to come from the Bulls as they seek to grow because. After this season, as we know, with them getting back in the playoffs for the first time in five years, the expectations will be magnified even more this summer and beyond. Yes, indeed. And for all those times coming up, you can keep up with the Bulls and the rest of the NBA with us here, running with War, Gabe, Farrell. You see the tags right there, man. Follow these guys on Twitter uh, for more good talk like this about hoops and everything else. And uh, yeah, we're gonna keep it roll, keep it rolling, keep it riding. Uh, next week we'll have another have another new show. Probably uh, should be a more conventional show back uh, next week. But uh, you know, uh, this went pretty good today, splitting it up, doing the pro and the post game. You know, we, uh, on some bulls outside and stuff. You know, you know they ain't the only ones out there who can do that. So you know, shout out to those fellas and shout out to everybody else on Bulls Twitter and. Uh, everybody who was uh, just who everybody who who enjoyed the the festivities tonight, you know, shout out to you, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully those bulls can uh, keep it going Saturday and beyond. But uh, for now, this is me, Kyle Mean, signing off. Gabe, Pharaoh, everybody else, Drew, you know, shout out to Drew uh, who was on with us earlier, and uh, all our other fellas out there, uh, you know, Chris, Josh. Uh, you know, uh, we'll uh, see them soon again on the show. But until then, y'all uh, keep it keep it rolling, keep the peace, and uh, keep bouncing. The show. Yes, sir. <laughs>